Battle of the Cats didn't go BYU's way last Saturday against the LSU Tigers. We're excited about a new week. You know, that's, what, that's what's great about football. You always get to play another week. We're excited because it's, it's a big game this week and it's at home. Tonight, the rivalry game returns to Lavelle Edwards Stadium where BYU looks to turn the tide against the University of Utah. It's a really good team coming into, into town and, and uh, we're looking forward to the, the opportunity to play there. With the offense still trying to find its way, Ty Detmer believes that this team has the right mindset. They've been good. I think having Utah right after that helps because it energizes things around here with the rivalry and all those things. you got to get right back into it. You don't have time to dwell on, on the past. We're on to Utah now. Riding a six-game losing streak to their rival, this group of Cougars want nothing more than to be the team that restores order to the rivalry. It would mean everything, man, you know, especially for myself. You know, I played, I played this team twice. There's going to be a lot of emotion in this game, and the fact that it's at home is going to be huge for us. It's time to count you down to kickoff BYU versus Utah on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Live coverage of BYU football begins with the Cougar Countdown Show. The Countdown Show is brought to you by Ken Garf Nissan, Honda, and Volkswagen. Proud sponsors of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into the Cougar Countdown Show. Tonight, BYU hosts the University of Utah in the rivalry game. That's right. It's back. My name is Jason Shepard, joined as always by former BYU quarterback and current game analyst Mark Lyons. Now, the Cougars enter tonight's game with a record of 1-1 one and one after being shut out last Saturday night, 27 to nothing at the Superdome against the LSU Tigers. If you're BYU, you would certainly like to be coming into this game on a higher note. But Mark, regardless, the 2017 rivalry game is here. It certainly is, Jason, and I tell you, I am ready for it. Uh, it's such a, a privilege to have been able to have played in one of these kind of games, and I got to play in three of them. Uh, you know, there are teams out there in the world that don't have a natural rival, like San Diego State. Who do they get up for? They don't get that opportunity of that do-or-die game that uh, you want to go out and try and beat your neighbor to the north and so uh, it is an exceptional it's going to be a great atmosphere there are lots of people that get excited about this and everybody that has a job that has uh, different kinds of rooters on both sides well the water cooler is the place that you want to be when your team wins Mark, the conversation all week long has been about the lack of offense. Players and coaches have discussed how things have to change and quickly. What are you seeing from this BYU offense, and what do you think can be done to jumpstart it? Well, it's really important that uh, everybody gets committed. I think that, you know, when we watch the the LSU game, uh, everybody's talking about how the rush game is so nonproductive, and they're right. Uh, It's correct. But uh, as I watched the Portland State game where they had a lot of trouble running, the safeties are making those tackles at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Last week, the safeties and the linebackers, they're the guys that are up there at the line of scrimmage making those tackles. So I think that the linemen are doing a pretty good job. Uh, They fire out real well. They make good contact. They're in good position. But in order to keep those linebackers from scraping, they have to get a little more push. If they can get some push and kind of cut off those linebackers and reduce the chance of uh, them being able to scrape and make tackles, and they have to be more successful throwing the football to keep those safeties back there where they're playing safety and worried about a pass game that could cause them some trouble. Instead, they're up so quickly. You, have to, you don't have a play set up to block 
the safeties, you know, and the corners usually. So uh, when those backs are coming into the hole, and I do think that backs are just missing the spots where they have to be running the football. So, and, and then the, the third thing is I think that those backs need to be able to break a tackle, and they have to be able to be more elusive, and they, they go down pretty easily, and they're not getting enough yardage, particularly on those first down runs. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff happening. Can it happen? Can it get done in one week? Absolutely. You can make that turnaround in one week. In 2007, BYU lost to UCLA, then they lost to Tulsa, and then they won 10 games in a row. And so they turned it around and got it going the right direction. In 2010, BYU started 1-4 and four in Utah State, walloped BYU up in Logan. And, and that's the example that I'm going to use because the next week, in one week's time, the defense went from bad against Utah State to good against San Diego State. And uh, from the season on, 6-2, and two, BYU won 6-2 and two game. They went 6-2, and two, and they also, they were good on defense. It was a commitment, and it was just that much that everybody made this commitment. I'm going to be better this week than I was last week. To get all 11 guys to commit, make the effort, you'll see some improvement. You heard this soundbite in the open from Ty Detmer. He mentioned having Utah this week. He thinks is a good thing because it really forces the team to put the LSU game behind them and refocus very quickly. Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I think I do agree with that. Uh, I think that uh, it's pretty easy for me to get rid of that LSU game. <laughs> and so the players, I know they had to be disappointed at uh, how it occurred, what went on, and that game had to be like a nightmare for them. But you turn around now, and this week you have to be focused because you've got Utah. You know, the Utah game is a challenge, and you get such a reward when you win that game. And you, it's an elation that uh, is like a, it's like a big thing. If you lose the football game, you know you have to work harder for this next season so that you'll beat them next time. It's a, something that you gear up for and get ready to play. So I think that that is a, an important thing for them to be able to do. By no means, Mark, am I saying that you're old, but you have seen a lot of rivalry games. I have seen a lot. <laughs> so what does the rivalry game mean to you? Well, like I said uh, when we started, uh, man, I remember the Utah-BYU games. I I remember the interceptions. I threw uh, in two different games. I threw two different interceptions. I remember those. I still have dreams about them. Uh, I remember that uh, we, uh, at the time that Utah was beating BYU all the time, when I got here, we were able to win three in a row. And three in a row was such a big deal for BYU to be able to win three games in a row against Utah. It was something that was uh, outstanding. It was exhilaration. It was terrific. Uh, We played them twice when I was a freshman. And uh, at Arvada High School, Greg, you know, calls me Arvada Flash. I wasn't the Arvada Flash, but I did go to Arvada High School, and we were the Redskins. We show up. My first game at BYU is a freshman game. We're playing Utah. And they're in red and white, just like Arvada High School. They're the Redskins, just like Arvada High School. I had a hard time knowing who to throw to. I didn't know, you know, they were It's kind of a problem uh, as a quarterback, Mark. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know they were evil at that time. But after that game, all of a sudden, I was converted. I was a cougar. And uh, I tell you, 
it's something that you remember and you talk about for a long time uh, about the victories and the games that you play against your rival. All right, the last question for you for this segment. We, we had this discussion on BYU Sports Nation this week. A win today seems to be bigger than the rivalry game. Certainly you are not downplaying what snapping the six-game losing streak would mean. But BYU needs this win for many reasons, one of which is confidence moving forward. What would a win today mean for the Cougars? Yeah, you're right. I, I agree, Jason, that, you know, the six-game streak thing isn't that big a deal to me because it's, it's a one game at a time, just like, uh, the you know, as a player and a coach, you play one game at a time, and you can't lump six of them together and make them one. It's each game, and this is the next game in that you're going to get ready to play. But this game... If you're able to go out and beat a ranked Utah team, a team that uh, has had your number for a while, it would be huge to be able to turn around that LSU loss, get rid of that feeling. It's going to be a lot of confidence, and it's going to help in the rest of the season. So there's no doubt about it that uh, if you are able to beat Utah today, it's going to uh, be a big deal in uh, order to uh, continue your season. Coming up next, we will talk with former Utah quarterback and now radio analyst for the University of Utah, Frank Dolce. The Cougar Countdown Show continues in just a moment on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. to the goal line. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons with you. Also pleased to be joined now by Frank Dolce, who not only is the analyst for Utah Games on the radio, he's also known as the Human Detour. Hello, Frankie. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Shep. Nice to talk to you again. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, What do we know about this Utah team that's coming into Lavelle Edwards Stadium today? That's a really good question. I I don't know if we really know a lot about this Utah football team. I like the team. It's I, I like their confidence. I like their athleticism. They did some they did some good things a week ago against the Fighting Hawks and 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 they came out with a win. You know, a pretty 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 aggressive kind of kind of win. I would say in your first game, and I liked what they did on the offensive side. But I still don't know. I, I mean, I think. For this Utah football team, we'll know a lot more about how they manage difficulty after today's game. Tell me, um, Frank, uh, they've been rolling BYU for a while. Is this still a rival game for them? You know, uh, we BYU used to get asked that same question as to uh, in that uh, in the seventies and eighties when our eighties and nineties seventies and eighties when everything was rolling for them, mm-hmm. if it was still a rival game. And uh, what do you think? Is Utah still going to get pumped up, or are they still looking for that Pac-12 championship? Yeah, well, it's two things. I, we were just talking about this. When, when I was playing in the early 90s, uh, BYU, there was a comment from Provo about, hey, we don't even view this game as a rivalry anymore because it had been so one-sided. I mean, it was BYU just beating Utah year after year after year. So it, it kind of you kind of get that sense. But with with coach Whittingham I think the way that he he'll never say it publicly 
but I think he manages the, the preparation for this game a little bit differently. The intensity is a little bit different. It's still meaningful to him, and it's still meaningful to all of the guys who have been involved with this rivalry. I don't think the rivalry feels the same. Uh, I don't. There's not the implications yeah. involved with the rivalry anymore because of the co- not the not the conference affiliation, but but because it doesn't feel the same doesn't mean it's any less meaningful. So for me, this is a meaningful football game. This is a game that I circle on the schedule, and the focus and is there absolutely. And this is uh, and I think if if uh, if this Utah football team doesn't approach it that way, then they're in for a long afternoon. Frank, there were some eyebrows raised when Tyler Huntley was named the starting quarterback. You look back on the first game of this season, he looked pretty good in the opener. Why was he the guy for this new Utah offense? Well, I think the issue was, even though uh, Troy Williams had played pretty well in 2016, he just didn't separate himself enough during fall camp and so the coaching staff is looking at a guy that's a senior one year left versus a guy that has a few years left and maybe a little bit higher ceiling plus the added run ability and so those things combined that just gave tyler huntley the edge there there wasn't to me there just wasn't a clear separation in the fall camp between those two guys and so it, it's kind of like you do your you know your pluses and minuses on the chalkboard and 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 Huntley probably had a, a couple more pluses on his side well you got a good get with Darren Har- Carrington the second now is it you call him Carrington the second or are we just able to call him Carrington <laughs> I I just call him Darren or Carrington or whatever <laughs> I'll second. call him whatever he wants to be called <laughs> he's he, not in he, the pronunciation guy yeah get him. yeah he he you know he he ripped the heart out of Utah fans a year ago when he right. caught that pass with just I don't know how they how he got his foot down in bounds but he did and and so to have a guy like that come to campus it really for this Utah football team that hasn't really been great in the receiver core for the last few years I mean they haven't been a standout unit to Good, have a guy but not like, great yeah. that's right and in the in in this conference in the Pac-12 conference it's meaningful to have great wide receivers He's a difference maker, and so you know I was I was really interested to see what he would do, uh, and and he kind of lived up to his billing in his first in his first matchup. Now I think that first matchup is different than what he's going to face today and what's going to face for the rest of the year. But it certainly was a great start for him, and he has the ability to I think really change the 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 that d- dynamic of the receiver core and the recruiting of that receiver group based on what he's able to accomplish this year. Talking with University of Utah radio analyst and former Utah quarterback Frank Dolce here on the Cougar Countdown Show. Frank, regardless of personnel, year in and year out, you can always count on Utah's defense being a constant. Is the defensive line still the strength of this defense, or is another position group expected to emerge as the season goes on? Nope, it's it's still the defensive line. And as long as Coach Whittingham is involved with that defense, and, and Little Whittingham, as I call him, that's Morgan <laughs> Scally. I mean, those guys, Morgan Scally kind of takes all of his cues from Coach Whittingham. I think that's, they're just going to build their defense that way. It's going to be built from the defensive line out. And so you may, like, like in the past several years, 
we I don't think that we've ever said, well, they have to reload here at the defensive line or they're going to do this, they're going to do that. We've always said, well, they have four or five guys coming back on the defensive line. We have talked about, well, like this year, we have to reload in the defensive backfield. The cornerbacks are inexperienced, but they're athletic. You know, or the linebacker core is a little thin or a little weak. And, and so, you know, we talk about all of the other position groups on the defense as having to rebuild at some point except for the defensive line. Yeah, the punter that pounds it, man yeah. alive, you know, and it's just been a constant. But how about the, well, it, you can tell me about him, but also the field goal kicker. So a little bit new position there, and uh, you have a new guy that's going to come in and play that spot. Yeah. Well, two of them, in fact, right? Well, there's two There's two of them, but Gay is the guy who came in and, and really kind of won the job. Uh, after a missed field goal early, he came. Gay came in and he hit everything, all the extra points plus his field goals. He was perfect on the day, and so he's going to be the kicker today. And it's it's tough to be a kicker for Coach Whittingham. I mean, you don't get <laughs> you don't get much leeway, and he's had some good ones. So, so that the kicking game is is going to be. I think I think it's going to be solid. It looks like it anyway. And then the punting the punting game for the last few years has been pretty darn good, and it's been almost like an offensive weapon the ability yeah. to change switch the field. field switch the field exactly yeah, and, and, and their defense and holds keep, keep people back deep and in, in, in their own territory and and so i think i think those two things combined coach whittingham took took this from urban meyer is that it's not just offense and defense and then special teams off to the side yeah. there's three phases of the football game and you have to take the special teams as seriously as you take the other two phases and he's really done that well quickly throw in the return guys because you got a lot of speed those guys go can, can move it yep yeah, those guys are we, we, we see we typically see a lot of those guys um, come out I, I kind of I'm partial to booby Hobbs I don't know if it's because he gave himself the nickname or whatever but <laughs> but he he kind of is a guy that I like he seems to be the most dynamic of the return guys and so we'll see him on on punt returns a lot and and but but like I said the special teams unit that, I mean you're even gonna see guys that that are playing that are playing you regular, know, on yeah, the field regular players out there that are teams. out there on special teams it's just an important part for the University of Utah and for this football program. Frank, we know we got to get you back to your pregame. So real fast, maybe about 30 seconds or so, what is the matchup that you're looking at that you say, you know what, this is the matchup that's going to determine yeah, a win one, or a loss? Yeah, that's easy. It's right up front. We, I, we always, you know, we, we always like to talk about the quarterbacks. We like to talk about the <laughs> wide receivers and, you know, the, some safety that makes outstanding plays. But as much as you want to change football, everything happens right up front. It happens at the line of scrimmage, and I think Utah's offensive line is still a work in progress. And Utah's offensive line is going up against what I think is a very stout front seven for BYU. And so that is the matchup that I think is critical today. Well, for both sides. Yeah, absolutely. For both sides. Both sides. Yeah. Both ways. Frank, great stuff as always. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Um, thanks for stopping by and uh, and have a good call tonight. Hey, thanks you guys too. I really appreciate it. Anytime, love to do it. You're good. Thanks. There we You're go, good. Frank Dolce. Hey, thanks. Former Utah quarterback, now radio analyst for the University of Utah. Coming up next, you'll hear from head coach Kalani Satake, offensive coordinator Ty Detmer, and linebacker Fred Warner, all in Cougar cuts. This is the Cougar Countdown Show on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Southwick sneaks, did not get in, did not get in, they stop him! This 
This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Did not score! Did not score! This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard with you alongside Mark Lyons, getting you ready for BYU and Utah. It's the Rivalry Edition 2017. And, Mark, it's now time for Cougar Cuts. And Coach Satake was asked what his approach is moving forward with the offense. Does he stay the course and hope things work themselves out, or do you mix things up? Oh, no, you, you have to change it. There's no staying the course when it's not working well. You know, and, 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 and Ty knows that. And we, we didn't stay the course from the week one to week two, and we changed things up, and maybe we need to change things up different, more. I mean, that's if you want something to change, you got to do it. you got to do it in, in, the, in, the, in the staff room, and you got to do it as a coaching staff and for a lot of different reasons. And there's some things that, uh, you know, that we kind of try to feel out that now we know definitely what we can handle. I mean, I, you can't really spend too much time giving a lot of guys reps you got to have guys that you can count on and that's uh, we have to really de- depend on our playmakers this Saturday you know Mark and, and that's he's right I mean you hear that all the time if you want different results you can't expect to continue to do the same thing and and hope for different results I'm really curious to see uh, what differences they come out with today yeah and it, it like I say it has to happen in practice uh, so uh, uh, it's really important that you do some things different when you're a little bit behind, you know, where you thought you were from coming out of fall ball and, and you have to catch up, you've got to do some things differently to make the team think that you're catching up. Uh, a lot of times you uh, run plays quicker. You know, you, you get them back to the line of scrimmage in a hurry and you run off more plays. And so just the thought that uh, they're making me hustle back to the line of scrimmage, oh, I'm getting to run a lot more plays, more repetition, that's going to make improvement. Mentally they think I'm doing more, I'm getting better. That makes a big difference when you show up in the game. You alluded, you know, coming out of camp, and that's one of the things Coach Satake said some of his frustrations have, have been about is that the offense has been trying to figure out why they, he hasn't been able to see what he saw in camp translate to the field, and Tanner Mangum was asked if he has any idea why that's happening. That happens, you know, beginning of the year. Sometimes you, you just take some time to hit your stride to get kind of get things clicking, you know, maybe establish an identity. And, and then also you've got to give a lot of credit to the teams we've played. You know, LSU is an incredible defense, um, and they've, they've really done things that kind of, um, you know, put some pressure on us. You know, I think it's a, it's a combination of things, but I think a lot of it is, is on us just uh, executing. You know, I, I think being able to execute at game speed is something that you just you got to pick up, you know, as the season goes on. You can never truly replicate it in practice, so we got to be able to come out and play at full game speed and, and execute the way we know we can. Do you think, Mark, that it's what Tanner said, that it just comes down to execution? They know it's there. They've, they've proven in camp that they can do it. It's just a matter of executing it in a game. Yeah, I really think that. And then you get tight and, uh, you know, it just have to come out and fight. You, you come out and play the game. Man, you just have to work at saying, how lucky am I that I get to play college football? And today I get to go against this opponent. And today I'm going to go out there and play a whale of a game. You just get yourself right in saying, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I get to play college football today. Instead of going out to worry Oh, man, I hope I don't throw an interception. Oh, I hope we don't fumble. And you get to that point where you worry about what's going to go wrong. You, you just limit what you're going to do. Cut it loose. you got to play the game. And that's where I think Tanner is right now. This week, I think they worked on him to say, look, kid, your return missionary, your experience, you worked like crazy all summer. You worked real hard in the fall. You are ready to play the game. Go do it. And just let him go. Offensive coordinator Ty Detmer is doing his best to jumpstart the offense. 
Ironically enough, though, he was part of something similar after facing Penn State during his senior season. Yeah, we were 0-3 that year. We were a young team, a lot like this year. We've got a lot of young guys in a lot of places. Even our quarterback, even though he's played a year, he sat out a year, and it's a new offense, and I think the expectations were way high for him uh, just based off what he did his freshman year and, and now playing with different guys and different receivers. It's, it's different for him. So similar to that year, though, because we were struggling scoring points, and then we kind of got going, but we also were playing in the WAC conference by then, so we weren't playing L. LSU and Utah and Wisconsin every week. We started out that way, and it was a struggle. And it was because of youth, and by the end of the year, we were a pretty good football team. And so we got to stick with it and, and hang in there and, and let guys come along. As coaches, you want them getting there right now, but sometimes that doesn't happen for you. Not only do you have a Heisman Trophy winner as the offensive coordinator, but having been through something similar, that has to help when he's like, you know what, guys, I've been through this as well. Yeah, absolutely, that uh, he has the experience. You know, they still respect Ty because of uh, who he is and what he's done, and he and he is such a, you know, supporter of BYU, and so he is a great guy to have on your staff. There's no question about that, and, and they are going to follow what he says to do. They're going to be into it. So the fact that he's been through it and telling them this can happen, we are going to change this around. Again, I do think it's a mental attitude when you saw it happening in the fall. Mentally, you've got to get up there and say uh, everybody has to commit, focus, get after it. The rivalry game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The rivalry game, as we've talked about, and we talk year after year after year, is such a unique situation due to the close proximity of the two schools, the familiarity that they have. Mm -hmm. And senior captain Fred Warner talks about what it's like to be involved and how best to handle the game on the field. I mean, I know everybody involved is is, uh, brings a lot of passion to this game. You know, everybody... Uh, has a lot of emotion towards this game just from, you know, a lot of people from both sides know each other. You know, uh, a lot of people grew up in Utah who are on both, t- who are on both teams. It's maybe some people who went to the other school wanted to go to the other one. I don't know, but, you know, just being here and being in those games is just a lot of emotion. And and uh, so just making sure we're, we're containing that to an extent and, and using it to our advantage uh, will be huge for us. And I would think, Mark, not only, you know, kind of maintaining your composure, and I, I, I would think, especially at the beginning of the game, that's crucial. Yeah, you, get, you really do have to just come out and play the football game, number one. But number two, I really think that the emotion that's going to be there is going to help BYU because I feel as though they, they've just been a little bit mechanical in their early part of their games and the opening these games. They've just been out... Uh, this is what we're going to do, and they kind of go through the strides like there are marks out on the field, and you have to hit every one of them. So uh, I do think that uh, they're going to be a little more excited about this game, and I think it will help them in their pre in their early game play. Coming up next, it's your chance to ask Lions. If you have a question for Mark, you can tweet me at JSN Shep. Don't forget, use the hashtag AskLions, A-S-K-L-Y-O. NS. You're listening to the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 15-10, touchdown, pick six, Cougars in front. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. 
Welcome back. Getting you ready for the rivalry game. BYU hosting the University of Utah at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Jason Shepard alongside Mark Lyons. And Mark, it's time for Ask Lyons. I've got some questions from Cougar fans for you. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right. This one in from Josie. If you had to pick one of our running backs to be the featured guy, who would it be? (laughs) Oh, this is so unfair to me. Because uh, my guy was Riley Burton, they moved him to cornerback this week. So uh, uh, I'm uh, so I'm out of this question. But um, I, for me to say, uh, I appreciate that somebody thinks that my opinion would be important enough. But uh, I think Kavika Fanua has got to be the guy because he breaks tackles. Nobody else out there has been able to break a tackle and uh, extend a run, and uh, he's the only one that I think really has the chance to do that. He hits the hard, hole hard, and he has a chance to break a tackle or two. So that's that's what I think we need right now is a little more strength getting through the line. Uh, Grant wants to know how much of the offensive struggles are because it faced LSU last week, and then how much is because they need to make changes? LSU, I thought, was really good, even though they had quite a few uh, substitutes that were in the game. But, uh, man, they were fast, uh, they were big, and uh, they are athletic. That's the, They were just those backs would do that twirl and w- work out of a tackle and pick up four more yards and pick up an, their, another spin move. And uh, I was very impressed with their athleticism. Uh, even uh, those defensive players. You know, I bet their defensive linemen could dunk a basketball because even though they're big, huge, heavy guys, they were so athletic. I think they have that kind of ability to to do stuff. So I'm impressed with LSU, and uh, I know that we don't find out about them because they play two uh, puff balls. What are they? What are Easy teams. They play two easy teams. Yeah, cupcakes. All right. (laughs) These next two weeks. And so we don't find out anything until three weeks down the road, and things will all be changed by then. Trevor has a a rivalry game question. Uh, Is there a common theme in the last six games BYU has lost to Utah? Well, turnovers, uh, I think, is the biggest. Uh, BYU's turned the ball over 22 times in those last – to 13 for Utah in those last six games. Uh, And the bowl game was just hilarious at how it was just crazy how they kept throwing it away and throwing away. You start last year's game with a interception pick and uh it's just you just can't give the ball away and give up points to a good football team even though BYU got six turnovers last year they weren't able to do anything with them so that's one thing they've been outrushed in most of the games they lose which uh, is unusual BYU can usually run the football but Utah's defense is solid again to run and it has to be good tonight BYU has to be able to run the football and be more productive in that area so Uh, Those two things, I think, are uh, common problems if you're losing football games. Turn it over too much and not able to run the football. Mark, our last question comes from Lauren. And if you thought the running backs question earlier uh, was a difficult one to answer, I can't wait to hear your answer to this one. Because this one, honestly, Mark, this may be one of the best questions that we've ever had. Lauren asks, if it meant that BYU would definitely beat Utah on Saturday, would you give up playing golf for a year? (laughs) It's an easier question than you might think, Jason. Heck yes. I'd take 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. But uh, pickleball, now I don't know if I do golf and pickleball. I'm getting into the old man thing, you know, starting to work on that pickleball <laughs> Are you stuff. playing shuffleboard or anything? Are you going yeah, to shuffleboard? shuffleboard? Uh, you know, uh, the shuffleboard and the golf and pickleball. <laughs> All right, so that was was not a very difficult question. That was yeah, very easy for you. I could I could give up golf for a year for a victory to date. I, I might, I don't know, I might sneak Are you out. willing to put that on the line right now? Can I go to Pro Golf, or is that the name of that place? What's the name of that place? You're talking you about Top Golf. Top Golf. Yeah, can I go there and hit? Is that? I, count? I think it is. All, it's golf and all golf-related activities. Oh yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I would. I would do that, Lauren. I would sign a document that says I would do that for a win today. I'm proud of you, Mark. Great stuff. And thank you to uh, to Josie, to Grant, Trevor, and Lauren for your questions. Again, throughout the week, if you want to send in some questions for Mark for the Cougar Countdown Show, you can always tweet me at JSNShep. And don't forget, use the hashtag AskLions, and that is L-Y-O-N-S. When we come back, my Shep Talk conversation with Jonah Treneman. The Cougar Countdown Show continues next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Cut to the goal line, into the end zone, touchdown Cougars. Squally has a gap, Squally into the end zone, oh Canada. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Jason Shepard, Mark Lyons with you. This week's Shep Talk conversation is with BYU wide receiver Jonah Trineman. The senior from Highland, Utah is a speedy deep threat, but so far, only has one catch for 12 yards. It's only a matter of time, however, before he and this BYU offense take off. Here's Shep Talk with Jonah Trineman. All right, Jonah. So how did you and this offense use what happened last week at LSU as you began preparations for the Utah game? Yeah, um, really it's just about working hard and uh, figuring out what we did wrong and um, how we can fix it. Uh, There's nothing much we can do about last week, but we're we're, uh, very excited and looking forward to a great opportunity and a great game this weekend. I hear players talk about it all the time, that that's one of the best things about sports is win or lose, you get to move ahead pretty quickly. How much does that help? Uh, a lot. I mean, it's it's football, you know, it's sports, it happens. You know, those losses like that kind of happen. Um, you know, wins, you know, it's it's, uh, it's sports. So uh, we look forward to learning new something new every week, either it's a win or a loss. So we're looking forward to just getting on the next week. Coach Sataki had mentioned how this offense looked one way during fall camp, but it hasn't translated into a game. Why do you think that is? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, we're... I think we're just missing something there, and uh, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty confident we're going to find it here. Um, just about getting that rhythm, just getting the rhythm rolling, you know, the rock rolling there, and uh, kind of snowballing, just, you know, just rolling into a, a great offensive season to finish out the season. But um, yeah, we're missing something, but I think I'm 100% possible we'll find it. How personally do each one of you guys on offense take that? That you know what I'm I gotta I gotta up my game a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think everyone should at least take it personal. It's um, it's not on all in one guy, but it's as us as a unit, right? So we uh, we definitely need to step up and make some plays. And I know we have the dudes in the room to do it. So, what has Coach Detmer's message to you guys been this week? Yeah, just keep moving forward. Uh, nothing we can do about last week. Just move forward and let's work hard and uh, just play as one, play as a team. That's all you can really do, honestly. Is it crazy to think that you're already a senior this year? Yeah, um, I don't know. I just turned 21 and. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, senior year. So just looking forward to just make it the best year, I guess, uh, possible. And, you know, whatever happens after, happens after. But just focus on now and just playing great football for BYU. For you personally, I believe one catch so far. Um, so, so where where do you feel like you still need to improve? What what are this? How do you how would you evaluate your play so far? Right. Yeah, I haven't played the way I know I can play. Um, yeah, again, it's just uh, just clicking. You know, just getting comfortable and clicking. And I feel like when that happens, I think everybody will start getting more catches and you know balls their way and everything. So uh, it's just a matter of time. And I think this week is the, like when it's going to happen and should happen. So. I'm not really worried how many catches I have just now. It's just about it's about winning games and just being a team player. I know that last year was your first game in this rivalry game. With the way that last year played out, how how much have you been looking forward to this opportunity again? Right. I mean, we usually go it's whatever game we're playing that week, right? But we're here at the Utah Week, so I can you know kind of talk about it more. But um, yeah, um, last year I feel like I feel like we should have won. It was uh, super close. I mean, we missed that last two point conversion. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's time to play again. It's a new year. It's a new game. So we're excited and we're uh, we're looking forward to come out on top. On the field, how how different of a game on the field is this, or or is it? Is there is it ramped up even on the field? Um, yeah, I mean, football's football. It's been the same way since you're. I mean, I was a little kid, and everybody, it's the same game. But um, yeah, more fans yelling and more riding on the line, right? So it's a little bit different, a little bit more pressure. But I mean. Without pressure, there's no diamond, no pressure, no diamonds kind of thing. So, um, yeah, you just make big plays and big games, and I don't know, that's what everybody loves, football. What would it mean for this particular team to be the team that snaps the losing streak? I don't know. I mean, I think it would mean, I don't know, for the team, yeah, I think it would be awesome for us, but I think everybody would just uh, would love to see a BYU win, you know, that's come through here, you know, even around this area. Um, yeah, I think uh, – I don't know. It was last year was a good game, and they won it. But I mean, we want another good game. But we want to come on top of this one. Uh, what have been your impressions of the Utah defense that you will be uh, be facing on Saturday? Yeah, uh, great team. Uh, they always have a good team. Good defensive backs. So I'm looking forward to go against those guys. Um, whole team is just great team and uh, great coaches. So I mean, I, you know, I almost went up there to play. So good dudes up there. But again, we we got some pretty good dudes over here too. And great players here so i i'm i'm confident what we have here and what we're doing here and um i'm i'm uh, confident going in this game without giving away game plan or anything like that is, is there anything specifically that you guys think you know we're gonna we're gonna have to do this if we're gonna be successful on offense if you guys there are a couple things like that that maybe you can you can share uh, yeah i don't i don't know what i can share but um just offensively, we just got to start doing more, you know, and um, doing what we did in fall camp, right? Everyone was talking about, or doing what we did in spring, or even to you know a certain extent last year. Um, just uh, just playing the way we know how to play. I mean, you were, and then you were when you were addressing the entire media. You talked about execution. Does it really come down to that? That's really what it is. I mean, we have the dudes to do it, and um, just by executing, make the plays. How crazy do you think Lavelle Edwards Stadium is going to be on Saturday? I think it's going to be pretty crazy. It's been a while since it's been here, and um, first week of school and everything. And I heard tickets been sold out, or you know, they're super. The prices are jacked up pretty high. Um, so it's going to be a packed house, and um, you know, televised everything like that. It's, it's BYU Utah game, so uh, every year it's pretty. It's uh, it's pretty big. All right, Jonah. Before I let you go, I was in the. Uh these interviews with the final four questions, okay. your personality questions, yeah, okay? okay? Okay, so here we go. If you could only eat one cereal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, Frosted Flakes, probably, or Raisin Bran. I like Raisin Bran a lot. Okay, yeah. now, you started to say Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Tanner Mangum said Frosted Flakes. Yeah, so you guys are on the same page with that. Yeah. But, but you're going to go with Raisin Bran. Raisin Bran. I 
I like Frosted Flakes. I think that's in my cupboard right now, but <laughs> Raisin Bran, I don't have it, so I love Raisin Bran. Yeah. Okay, the next question. Uh, who is your favorite Disney character? Oh, Woody from Toy Story. Okay. I'm a big Toy Story dude, so Woody Buzz, the whole group. Okay. I love uh, I love Toy Stories. Yeah. Um, when they make your life story into a movie, which actor do you want to play you? <laughs> man. Um, Will Smith, man. <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> I think he's the man. Um, Will Smith. Maybe, if, I don't know. So probably a Will Smith to a Morgan Freeman as I get older Ooh. as an old dude, but... Will Smith probably the main movie guy. See, maybe you could have Will Smith playing you on camera, and then all the voiceover could be from Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, yeah, I like that. Okay. Yeah. All right, last question: What is the best part about playing football at BYU? Um, for me, I think it's just playing with my family. My family just uh, lives in Highland, so uh, just playing for my family. You know, tournament on the back and the wire on my helmet. I think that's pretty cool. I've uh, uh, a lot of hard work getting here. My family's helped me a ton getting here, and I think it's pretty cool to play for BYU and also for my family and just right home. and be a hometown kind of hero, dude. So I think that's pretty cool. Jonah, thanks. I appreciate the time, and good luck. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to talk with Jonah Treneman. Thanks to him for taking a few minutes this week, Mark. Man, when he... As I mentioned leading into that interview, he is a speedy, deep threat, and I'm really looking forward to, to Tanner and Jonah connecting possibly today. Yeah, I agree that uh, he's something that uh, he, I think he's a tool. He's something that they have to be using a little bit more. Coming up next, we will look ahead to Cougar pregame live, and we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rubel. The Cougar Countdown Show continues after this on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned in to BYU football. In the end zone, it is caught! It's caught for a touchdown! On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. My name is Jason Shepard, joined by Mark Lyons. Coming up on Cougar Pregame Live, Nate Mickle will join me for Nate's Notes, and you'll also hear from Utah head coach Kyle Whittingham. That's all coming up in just a few moments on Cougar Pregame Live. It's now time, however, for our visit with the voice, sponsored by Harper's Homemade Bread, all-natural, homemade fresh, homemade good. Joining us now, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And, Greg, uh, you just met with the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. Uh, anything newsworthy that you can update us on right now? Well, hello, hello Shep, and uh, it's, it's always a good vibe when you get in a room with Kalani. It could be before the Utah game, the Portland State game. You're going to get a good feeling from Kalani, and that's one of the great things about him. And, uh, and he and his guys uh, think they've had a good week uh, to put themselves in the right headspace for tonight's game. And uh, among things you might have, say, learned uh, from Kalani, he did reference the fact that uh, Ula Tolutau is feeling a little better and uh, maybe in line for a few more snaps uh, tonight. But uh, he, he, to see. Yeah, he again reiterated that the group, you know, is uh, you've got all backers, your fullback, and then Kabika's in there, Squally, and then now Ula, he said, may see uh, a little more time. He said he's feeling better, and that's good. He said Butch Pau was feeling better as well. He thought uh, Butch was a little rusty in his first week back last week, but he thinks that uh, he is uh, more ready to go this week, and that's a positive sign as well. Uh, you know, maybe a, a, a little different rotation on the D-line, but the people you've seen there will be the people there. But if BYU goes a little bigger maybe to start, uh, don't be surprised if you get that uh, Moonga and Tonga uh, combination early and often for BYU tonight. So just a couple of personnel notes like that, uh, but nothing, uh, uh, you know, late-breaking. And uh, that's a good thing. No news is probably good news this week. But uh, let's just hope that the guys uh, have taken what happened last week and used that. Uh, you, you, You can lose it. 
as long as you can use it uh, the next week. And BYU <laughs> lost it last week against LSU. And as long as something positive comes from that, then you, uh, you know, you, then you appreciate what it did for your guys mentally and move on. And so hopefully you really get the result you desire tonight to show that you're, uh, you're making the step forward. You're, 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 you're learning from what happened and, and progressing. What do we know about Moroni? Do we uh... haven't talked about him with Kalani and didn't tonight? So uh, he just remains out until he's in. Yeah, and you know it, it hasn't got t- gotten talked a lot about a lot, but that would have really given BYU uh, another reliable set of hands and a big body, and it was a big part of what they were designing on offense until he went out. And so it doesn't get talked about a lot because it doesn't because he doesn't get talked about uh, yeah. by the coaches. But uh, that's a big deal. Uh, you you lose a lot of catches and at a really important position, and so it's uh, that's uh, that's one that really hurt BYU. I think it's uh, it's plain to see. Greg, you were mentioning that you know that. Ula Tolatau's feeling better, may see a few more carries. A rushing attack would seem to be a huge help this week. What do you think BYU needs from its running backs tonight in order to take some of the pressure pressure off of Tanner in this offense? Well, I think BYU needs to be in a position to need the running backs on third down. And they haven't been. Uh, it's been third and too long uh, in the first two weeks. They really haven't had the, sh- uh, the third and shorts that allow you to pound the rock and move the chains and get a rhythm going. BYU just has not been a rhythm offense through two weeks. And a big part of that is third and manageable. Consider that last year, BYU rushed for more third downs than passed for third downs. 60% of BYU's third downs last year were third and four or shorter. Through two games, that number's 20%. Yeah. Okay, so they're not putting themselves in manageable down and distance to allow someone like an Ula or others to pound it and move the chains. And let's let's acknowledge BYU had the you know that maybe the two best third down guys you could hope to have on the same team in Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. And so when you got to third and fourth, third and three, you felt you were going to move the chains. And BYU was a really good third team as a result. BYU's not been a really good third team. They have no rushing third down conversions through two games, and it is a function of the fact that BYU's average third down distance in week one was third and nine. And the second week, it was third and eight and a bit. That's just too long. It's not sustainable. You can't be a good football team if you're in third and eight every week. And so um, that's, and that, that that, that's of, what I think you have to look to. Is And part of that, Jason, too, is, okay, can those backs get you more than a yard and a half on first right. down? That's it. Right. That's you know? just and the point. So You've got to come out of first down in order to If you are going to run at first down, down give, give, give me something. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if you choose to throw it on second down, so be it. But uh, it's a, let's watch that number uh, tonight, Jason, and really throughout the season. But if BYU's sitting in that third and, and seven, eight, nine every time, it's probably not boding well. And, uh, again, you want to be in a position where you could say, this is an Ula Tolutau game. It's going to be an Ula Tolutau game or whoever they choose to, to hand it to if you're sitting with a lot of third and threes or less. Every time this game comes around, we always talk about just how close these games really are. What is your theory as to why these games are typically so close? Because it's BYU and Utah. Yeah, because uh, got to be. There, you know, the, the, there's a reason sometimes that, that, that a cliche is a cliche, because there's a modicum of truth to it. And when, they say, and when they say throw the records out the window, that's usually what they mean is this kind of game. Uh, and there have been the instances where one team gets over on the other and a big number happens. But that's been the, the exception and not the rule. Uh, a, a team that's been clean on turnovers has a weird game like Utah last year, and they give it away six times. Uh, BYU goes down 35 nothing and still finds a way to make it a game in the end. I mean, things you couldn't predict happen in this rivalry, and more often than not. And so I'm, I'm a believer in the cosmic forces surrounding this, uh, this rivalry, and, uh, and, and that's why you can uh, legitimately say anything can happen when these two teams play. The oddity for me is that uh, 
too many times when BYU is favored, Utah outplays BYU and ends up in that close victory. And too many times when Utah's favored, they end up in that game where they get a close victory. And uh, it seems to be that BYU has to figure out how to get up, prepare to play against this foe, and then carry it through. Yeah, and just be solid from the get-go. And really, yeah. the, the, the get-goes, but you think about it. I'm going to bring three plays just to come to mind immediately, and, and two are the most recent, obviously. First play on offense last year is a pick six the other way. Uh, the first play or the first series of the game in Las Vegas ends up in a turnover, and then the next four do two. And then I remember a game right down in front of us here, first play of the game, Good old reliable Curtis Brown runs a wide open wheel route, oh, yeah. and he's going to catch it and go for six, yeah. and it's in his hands. Like, it's the easiest pass he'll ever have, and it goes right through his hands. Things like that in the early part of the game have really kind of confounded BYU historically. So I think if they can just get themselves settled in and, and really, this sounds kind of silly, avoid a disaster in the first five minutes. You know, that's, that may be half the battle tonight, just proving to themselves that we're not going to be in this in this weird have-to-come-from-behind position once again against Utah. So just a few thoughts, top of my head, and a few plays I've seen in my head uh, going through as we think about it. But, uh, again, we won't be surprised if it's close and tight and thrilling and nothing wrong with that. Greg, as always, great stuff. We appreciate the time. Mark, thank you to you. We'll let both of you go, and we'll hear both yeah. of you coming up in just thank a little you. bit. Appreciate Thanks, it, guys. Jeff. There you go. That's going to do it for the Cougar Countdown Show. Coming up next, it's Cougar Pregame Live. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This, this is a presentation of IMG. You're tuned in to BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with Cougar Pregame Live. He's going to go! Cougar Pre-Game Live is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome into Cougar Pre-Game Live. Before we get into the program, let's quickly pause 10 seconds on the new skin, BYU Sports Network for a station ID. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up, you will hear from the head coach of the University of Utah, Kyle Whittingham. But as always, we start things off with Nate's Notes, brought to you by Nissan, proud supporter of college athletics. Learn more at choosenissan.com. Former Cougar, current sideline reporter Nate Mickle joins me. And Nate, uh, what is your attitude towards the rivalry game? Does it still hold the same allure that it used to for you? Same allure. Jason, you like I that word, be, allure? You like I, I that? I could be 99 years old sitting in a lazy boy and, and see the red in the stadium on TV or here in the stands, and it would I, I would have a biological, physiological reaction that would just make me upset. It's it's not right. I think if, if you were, like, standing in front of the Mona Lisa, uh, you know, you're taking in the beauty. Because we do and, that uh, often. Because we do that. We all do that. And somebody just takes a Sharpie and starts coloring it. It would just kind of make your skin crawl, you know. And, and when I see the red in the stadium here, that's the way I feel. Okay, so you're not pulling any punches. It's still it's the exact same for you. How, how different is it though now, as a, as as not removed but not playing versus playing in this? Yeah, well that's the thing. So I, let's see, it's been at least a decade. It's been more than a decade since I last played a game here. And people ask me sometimes, you know, like, oh, do you do you uh, imagine yourself playing again? And it's like I'm so far removed from that. I mean, I'm a decade away from that. 
very rarely do I think about, you know, what if I were playing again or what was it like. I'm just a media member now. But just seeing the red here tonight, it's one of those moments. It's like, man, I'd love to play against these guys tonight. So, yeah, for me, 100%, seeing the red, this game, the excitement, all the trash talk coming in, absolutely has the same allure, same excitement. Two-part question for you. Number one, where do you think this BYU offense needs to improve the most? And number two, where do you expect the BYU offense to improve the most? Okay, so where does it need to improve? Well, BYU has only scored in one of the last six quarters. Uh, It rushed for minus five last week and threw for 102. So you can say, uh, yeah, everywhere. I mean, it has to score points. It has to rush the ball. They have to throw the ball. So how's that going to happen tonight, or where do I expect to see that? Uh, BYU is going to rush for more than minus five tonight. It's been an emphasis all week. They have to rush for more than minus five, and they will fully expect them to do that. I think Kavika Fanua and Ula Tolatire are the guys that are going to make that happen tonight. And then uh, how are you going to throw for more than 100 yards? Well, your senior, Jonah Trineman, needs to be targeted and needs to make plays. He's a guy that can always take the top off the defense. And then I think you keep... Uh, keep a steady dose of Bushman coming. Uh, he's been the most reliable guy. I think he's a good mismatch against this man-press defense that Utah plays. And then Shumway needs to take advantage of his chances when he gets them. The Utah offense features an inexperienced but certainly talented quarterback in Tyler Huntley. They've got a tough runner in Zach Moss and a dynamic receiver in Darren Carrington. How do you think the BYU defense stacks up against this new Utah offense? Yeah, so this is something uh, I'm kind of the most excited to see tonight. I was talking to my brother and brother-in-law today, and I said, look, guys, if, if you come to this game tonight expecting BYU to score 30, 40 points, you're going to be disappointed. But if you can enjoy the play of the defense, I think there's something to look forward to because I think this BYU defense is good. Now, I'm excited to see how they handle a mobile quarterback. They've not had to do that this year. Like you said, BYU's got a dynamic running back and wide receiver. Uh, but BYU defense is pretty strong. You look at who do they have up front. Well, they got a bunch of NFL-type guys, NFL-probable guys in Sione Takitaki, Corbin Kafusi. Greg mentioned uh, Kairos Tonga may see some more time early. Fred Warner at linebacker. All those guys are NFL guys. And then you've still got playmakers like uh, Butch Pau and Matt Hadley coming in. So I really am looking forward to seeing that matchup. Can the BYU rush defense slow down Moss and Huntley? And then in the secondary, you know, I, I think Troy Warner – and Diane Lake are two very good corners. <clears throat> Diane got beat once last week, almost still made a play of it there at the last second. I'm excited to see how they match up against Carrington, and I think this BYU defense will have a good game tonight, and, and that's what I'm excited to see. Talking with Nate Mickle here on Cougar Pregame Live, it's Nate's Notes brought to you by Nissan. We touched on this just a minute ago. I, I want you to expound on a little bit. As somebody who's played in rivalry games before, give Cougar fans an idea of what the actual game is like on the field. Yeah, so you hear people talk about, like, the battle analogy or the war analogy. You know, you're going to war when you're playing football. And, and yeah, sure, that's overdone in lots of ways. Um, but the reason why people do it is because it's not overdone in a lot of ways. you got your helmet on. you got your pads on. You're going into a fight. And not only are you going into a fight, every time you have the ball, there are 11 other people, not just regular people, like the most uh, athletic, big, strong, tough, quick, fast, refined athletes that you ever see in your life, and all 11 of them want to take your head off, want to put you out of the game, want to hit you so hard that you can't come back. So that's football. That's college football already. You can't imagine anything more intense, more demanding, more exciting, more physical. 
And then you play in the rivalry game, and it's just another it's just another notch more intense, more physical. You have the trash talk. You have the emotion, the stuff going on after the play. So, it's, I mean, it's just really unlike anything you can imagine unless you've been there, and then you dial it up one more notch, and that's the rivalry game. Nate, as we know, BYU has been on the losing end of the last six matchups against Utah. What do you think it's going to take to accomplish snapping that streak tonight? Oh, yeah, a couple things. Uh, I think BYU is going to need to get some turnovers. I think the defense needs to put the offense in some good spots. Offense needs to capitalize. I'm, I'm curious to see BYU in the blue zone. They haven't spent much time there this season. I'm curious to see if they can make plays once they get down there. And then third, I think Tanner Mangum just needs to make plays. He's a guy that just can make stuff happen, whether he's scrambling, throwing on the run. If they can do those things, I think BYU can come out of here with a win tonight. Nate, great stuff. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, We'll hear you on the broadcast with Greg and Mark coming up in just a little bit. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks, Shep. You bet. On the other side, my conversation with Utah head football coach Kyle Whittingham. That's all next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Bobs for the end zone. Kick me! Touchdown, Cougars! At the far sideline! This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Good evening, everybody. Jason Shepard with you. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Getting you ready for BYU and Utah earlier this week. I talked with former BYU linebacker. Oh, and he's also the head coach of the University of Utah, Kyle Whittingham. Here's our conversation. Another rivalry game. How much more does rivalry week add to your already busy schedule as opposed to, say, a normal week? Well, there is a lot more media <laughs> uh, obligations and and uh, things of that sort. But as far as you know, our preparation it remains the same. But uh, you know, there is a little bit of uh, that extra emotion because of the rivalry game, and and uh, you know, all our a lot of our players uh, familiar with players uh you know from BYU and and uh you know so that makes it for makes for some intrigue and and really makes the rivalry game what it is how much do you and the coaches try and make this just another game or do you even try to do that well the emotional part of it takes care of itself you don't have to to hype it up and and uh, worry about getting your guys ready to play this week because they're going to be ready to play but but uh what you need to do is just make sure that uh things don't go over the top because that's you know that can be lead to uh, negative results as well so you got to stay somewhat grounded but but uh, we go through our usual paces of practice just a little more uh, you know a little more uh, spirited I guess you could say the six game streak is brought up mostly by fans and on both sides how much is the streak mentioned amongst the team at all uh, not much I mean every year is its own separate entity and and uh, you know teams change from year to year and and we don't uh, put uh, any real emphasis on that it's uh you know every every rivalry game seems to uh be a you know hard fought contest and go right down to the wire and it's almost like what's happened uh you know in weeks previous or who's ranked or who's not ranked uh, has no bearing on the game it's always a a tough game kyle it's almost like you knew exactly where i was going next because that's what i was going to ask you the fact that every rivalry game has its own set of circumstances because of personnel and everything else how do you feel like these two teams match up this year that's a good question, and that really has been the biggest uh, difference in the in the game is the timing of it. Because in years past, you know, back when uh, you know, throughout probably the whole run of the rivalry game, it was uh, the last game of the year, 
and each team knew exactly what they were all about and what their opponent was all about and who you had to stop and who the playmakers were and, and uh, that type of thing. And this early in the season, we're still trying to figure out our own self, you know, who we are, let alone uh, who the opponents are. And so I think uh, that really has put a different spin on it because there's a lot of unknowns going into the game, whereas before, uh, you know, as the last game of the year, everything was known. Talking with the head coach of the University of Utah, Kyle Whittingham, here on Cougar Pre-Game Live. Quarterback Tyler Huntley looked pretty good in the season opener. What did you see from him that you can build off of, and how much do you think he still has to improve from Game 1 to Game 2? Well, everybody's got to improve. That's across the board. I think uh, we had a good start to the season, but uh, the old adage of uh, you make your most improvement between Games 1 and 2 uh, needs to apply to us because we were – you know, there's a lot of areas that uh, we were deficient in. Uh, Tyler specifically, I thought uh, the first couple series is a little bit uh, pressing, I guess you could say, and, and not real uh, uh, didn't look real comfortable. But as the game wore on, he seemed to settle in and get into a rhythm. And, and what we're hoping is that continues into game two and that he can just continue where he left off uh, from the opener. It's been a slow start for the Cougar offense. What has been your impression of Tanner Mangum and the BYU offense through two games? Well, first of all, that was a very, very talented uh, LSU team that they played last week. I mean, they're, they've got to be as good as anybody in the country on defense. They're, they're uh, just outstanding, and so that was a, a very tough matchup. Uh, you know, Tanner's an excellent quarterback. He's uh you know, we faced him in the bowl game a couple of years back. We know exactly what his capabilities are. He put up, uh, you know, 28 points on us, and and uh, you know, it's a, a matter of them not yet this season being able to get uh, in sync. And and again, that leads to you know, or goes back to my other observation that you know they're still trying to figure out who they are and and uh, you know who their go-to guys are going to be, and and that's why it's just a you know a whole different spin on the game than before. Because of obvious influences, how much of your defense do you see when you look at what Kalani and Coach Tuiaki are doing with the Cougar defense? Surprisingly, not a lot. There's not a lot of carryover. You know, we're, we're mainly a man coverage team. They're primarily a zone coverage team, and you can really, really see uh, Ed Lamb influence in the scheme. You know, what he was doing at Southern Utah uh, is very similar to things they're doing now, and and so he's had a, a uh, an influence, like I said. But but uh, you know it's been enough years. I think it's three or three or four years removed uh, from from our program, uh, Kalani and Coach Tuiaki. And so I think you know they've gone a little bit different direction. And so uh, there's really very few schematic similarities. You still see uh, fundamental and technique similarities. And that that's uh, not uncommon. I mean that's pretty you know universal. But but uh, as far as uh, the basic premise of the defenses, they're they're very different. Coach, turnovers have always played a huge – it's a huge role in every game, obviously, but it seems to have played an even larger role in these rivalry games. Why do you think the number of turnovers has historically been so high in this game? That's a great question, and we were on the wrong end of that last year. You know, We turned it over six times and still somehow managed to find a way to win because if you do your homework, I think if a team turns the ball over six times, they've probably got a – one or two percent chance of winning the game, and so somehow we were able to buck those odds last year. But but you're right; it seems like uh, the turnovers in this game, the rivalry series, has been magnified, and and uh, for whatever reason, there's more of them. And I don't know if that's uh, you know teams pressing a little bit or or what the situation is. But but you're exactly right; there seems to be an inordinate amount of turnovers that occur in this game. 
One of the things that I wanted to make sure that I asked you was was about uh, Coach Edwards. This will be the first rivalry game in a very long time that he is not around for. Just maybe your thoughts on that. Yeah, Coach is, uh, gosh, he's, you know, he was a just a uh, icon in the rivalry for, for years and years and years. And then, of course, he retired, but still, you know, he was always, uh, you know, at the game and, and a part of things. And, and this will be different. I mean, he, without him around, it's going to be uh, definitely different. And, and I know I personally, I certainly miss him. And, and uh, he was a, a big influence in my career and really, really helped me along the way and, and really uh, was, uh, you know, from the time I was trying to make the decision way back in '04, you know, what, which direction to go, he was, uh, he was right there by my side helping me out. One final thing for the head coach of the Utes, Kyle Whittingham. Just your keys to the game, Coach. What do you think this is going to boil down to? Well, as you mentioned and we talked about, you know, the turnovers are going to play a, a major part uh, in the game, as they seem to have for, for many years in a row. Um, I think uh, the team that is more effective running the football is going to have a big advantage. I think that's going to be a, a key. And as old defensive coordinator, that's always a, a starting point for, for what I was trying to accomplish is, is to make teams uh, one-dimensional and and uh, if either team can make the other team one-dimensional, then I think their chances are very good. Kyle, thank you so much for taking some time. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you for having me on. I appreciate your time. It's the head coach of the University of Utah and former BYU Cougar, Kyle Whittingham. Thanks to Kyle for taking a few minutes this week as we look ahead to tonight's BYU-Utah football game. When we come back, we'll look at some other scores in college football, and we'll wrap things up for Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Football. Step up, a takeoff, a shakeoff, and into the end zone! This is Cougar Pregame Live. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard with you. Let's get you caught up on some other scores going on today in college football. In the top 25, third quarter, number 13, Auburn trailing at number 3, Clemson. Clemson up by a score of 14-6. Halftime in Columbus. All tied up 3 to 3, number 2 Ohio State and number 5 Oklahoma halftime. LSU, the team that BYU saw last week, 12th in the country, leading Chattanooga 28 to 3. Also, halftime at Notre Dame fighting Irish, leading Georgia 13 to 10. Number 7 Washington leads Montana in the second quarter 28 to 7 and just going to the second quarter, it is number 14 Stanford trailing at number 6 USC Trojans up on the Cardinal by a score of 14 to 7. Some other games going on locally in the state of Utah. Cal defeats Weber State by a score of 33-20. to Weber State actually led in this game, but uh, Cal able to uh, push forward and end up winning this one by 13. And in the third quarter, Southern Utah leads at Stephen F. Austin 41-7. to Updating you on BYU women's volleyball. They are 10th in the country. They are over in Hawaii. They are taking on Baylor tonight, and at one point, Baylor led 18 to 14. The Cougars have rallied in the first set. The Cougars right now leading Baylor 21 to 20 in the first set in Hawaii. We'll update you on this score throughout the night. 
couple of uh, BYU to-do lists that I see in tonight's game. Number one, no turnovers. Or at the very least, very few turnovers. And win their turnover battle. They always plays a huge role in this without question. So that will be a focus tonight. Stay strong. Or excuse me. Start strong on offense. That will be huge. Not just for the game, but the confidence of this BYU offense as it looks to jumpstart things. And number three, do not let the Utah quarterback, Tyler Huntley, find a rhythm. That's a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned in to BYU Football. He's gone! On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get Coach Kalani Sitake's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show, presented by Science Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I grew up a big BYU fan. I got to play here, and now I'm the coach. I live every day with a lot of gratitude and just happy in the position that I'm in. Now, let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah, as tonight, one of college football's best rivalries is renewed. It's BYU and Utah meeting for the 92nd time all-time with the Utes riding the crest of a six-game win streak. The Cougars last won this rivalry game eight years ago on this field when Andrew George sealed the deal in overtime. Since that time, it's been all Utes, even though most of the games have been close of six straight Utah wins, the final margins in five of them have been one point, three point, seven points, seven points, one point. Indeed, 16 of the last 19 BYU-Utah games have been decided by seven points or fewer. I'm Greg Rubel, joined in our broadcast booth by the former Cougar QB and my longtime friend and broadcast partner, the Arvada Flash, Mark Lyons. And Mark, the last time Utah owned a six-game win streak over BYU, you were still worried about who to take to the prom back in Arvada. So it's been a long time since the Utes had this kind of run in the rivalry. And I didn't find anyone, you know. Oh, it was I tough. was going to ask you her name. Like, do you remember it? But oh. apparently... No, it didn't happen. Somehow, on, somehow the high school QB didn't go to prom. I was on cleanup committee. <laughs> Greg, we just don't get enough days like today. Man, this is a great in-state rival game. You know, and coaches, the players broadcasters fans all of those people get so excited for this game you know people at work they they make bets about to who's going to win this game and uh, their odd kinds of things and their big payoffs it's crazy but i tell you what i am so grateful that i had a chance to play in this stadium in this rivalry game to win this game is such a great accomplishment and if you lose this thing you just have to get ready for next year because, you know, it's going to come around again. You're going to have another opportunity. That's where BYU is tonight. You know, uh, both teams have impressive win streaks. I don't know if I get into the streak thing. Uh, I kind of like to say that every game's an individual identity. It has its own personality. And so they just go back and forth, though. Streaks are, you know, it's one that's going to be tough for BYU to break. I, I don't know what – let me ask you, Greg – you know, BYU won uh, 19 out of 21 games in a period of about 21 years. And it looked like BYU was going to control that forever. And then, of course, it turns, and now BYU's lost six in a row. Is it going to come back? 
Do these kind of things always ebb and flow? I'm going to say yes. This has been a cyclical thing over almost 100 years. And I think that uh, if it doesn't come back to where BYU wins six in a row, I think it'll be a little more even moving forward, and, and, and we'll see a little more competitive balance year yeah. to year in this thing. Because the games are close. They're always close. Well, BYU's still searching for that identity, and that's something that they're struggling. They're struggling on offense. And so people have been asking me all week, what can you do to turn it around? Well, each and every player out there has to make a commitment to work harder on every play. It takes all 11 players on the field, every down, to work 100%. Steve Young, my buddy Steve, he talked about the print. He talked to me one time and said, "The principle is competing against yourself. It's about self-improvement, about being better than you were the day before." And I think that's the thing that BYU has to do in order to catch up because they're a little bit behind. They have to work a little bit harder in order to be better than the day before. Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game. Coming up next, my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Lavelle Bird Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU football is on the air. Rushing into the end zone for a score. There it is. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. It's BYU and Utah coming up at around 8.20-ish mountain time, maybe a little later than that. It'll be a late night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It has been a long week for the BYU Cougars, whose last game was a 27-0 shutout at the hands of the LSU Tigers. Head coach Kalani Satake visited with me in the BYU locker room area a short time ago. And uh, he's confident that he's uh, yet to see his team's best effort through weeks one and two. And uh, he thinks, even despite last week, his team's uh, in a good mental frame of mind coming into the Utah game. Well, we feel great now being home and uh, just going to the Cougar Walk. You know, it was really nice for our players to see all the support that they have here. So uh, I, I think um, that kind of, if they weren't woken up already, that, that, that got them going. And so the, the guys, uh, the blood's pumping right now, and they're excited to get on the field. Whether you were on that side or this side, uh, nothing really compares to this game in college football, it seems. This is what college football is all about, and, and for both the fans and the players, you know. But it's a, it's a cool experience, and I hope to make a memorable one for, for our, our BYU fans. Okay. Uh, Personnel-wise, any real changes from last week to this week in terms of players in or out, or are you pretty much steady as she goes? Um, I mean, we have to... Uh, um, Adjust with with Micah Hanneman not being there That's for the right, first half, and that we have a, uh, I mean, but other than that, uh, most of the guys should be good to go, and uh, I think Butch is uh, healthier than he was last week. But um, and same thing with Matt. But the, the rest of the group, the D line should be good. We're, we're intact, and uh, yeah, we should we should be good and, and uh, feel good about our health right now. So uh, we're going into the game as full strength as we could. How did Butch look to you in uh, week one? Um, a little His bit first week, a little bit rusty, you know, um, just having. Um, and you could tell he wasn't 100 percent, but I feel I feel like he's really close to 100 percent now. And I think uh, he started to get a little bit better the more reps he got. And uh, I look forward to him making some big plays for us. How close is this offense maybe to finding its rhythm? You know they can get into. Well, you know how it is. It, the the momentum could shift with just one play, and so hopefully we're uh, you know executing with all 11 guys doing their job, and we can make that those plays. We've done it before, and. Uh, look, you know, looking for our guys to just contribute, just doing their job. That's uh, the focus is for everyone to do their job and nothing more. And 
definitely nothing less. And then if all 11 guys are clicking, I think we should be fine. It's guys doing their 111th, right? Exactly, just doing their 111th and you know maximizing their role in this team. And that's that's the same thing with the guys on the sideline and the guys that are, are maybe only get a couple reps in this game. Just make them count. It all comes down to points, but what are some things do you think particularly might go into that uh, on the offensive end of helping you guys uh, be what you want to be today? Well, I think in, in order for us to, to have success on offense would be balanced football, you know, and uh, and uh, not being able to um, have it be so one-sided. So that's going to be the battle, and, and we're going against a really good defense. And um, you know, but this is the time to step it up. And I know they're chomping at the bit, ready for the next opportunity, especially since last week. And, and we've had enough talk about how how. Um, horrible it's been the first two weeks and so now so let's make this make some uh, people talk about how good we do the tonight does it look like a typical kyle whittingham led utah defense to you right now yeah i mean that they have all the right pieces and and you know he's done this for so long and that defense is i mean the the, the vocabulary is the same and and, and the, a lot of the techniques the same so um it's just a different different names but a lot of what they do and the, the profile they fit exactly what he does for the defense and um you know, we should match up pretty good against them. Having been a part of it for so long and knowing Kyle as you do, what maybe characterizes a good Utah defense when they are good? Well, it would be the key on the D-line, you know, being able to get um, pressure on with the four guys and being able to hold up on, the, on with the run defense. So that's going to be we, – we, we feel really comfortable with our with our, um, our run game and our O-line. It would be a good matchup. We go against this really physical D-line, and uh, we'll see what happens in the end. Will there be any different guys getting looks on the offensive end in your backfield this week, taking handoffs? Um, well, you know, I think Ula's definitely a lot healthier than he had been in the past, and so you'll probably see more of Ula Tolotau, and you'll see, um, you know, Kavika Fanua, and those guys will be rolling the rolling the rock, and Braden Elbacker will be at fullback. So, uh, tight end positions, the same guys that you that you've already seen. Okay, uh, Utah's offense starts a different quarterback than they did last year against you guys. So they've made a change that they think uh, makes them a better te- a better team, obviously. Yeah, and I think he, his uh, ability to run is the key for them. So uh, obviously we'll have to handle his running game and, and um, his ability to extend plays with his legs. Uh, so we'll have to you know, cover downfield quite a bit, and, and uh, we'll have to get to him, contain him. And, and uh, when they decide to throw the ball, we need to make sure that we get some big plays and get some sacks. Somebody came into a practice this week. Would they have noticed uh, that it's Utah week? Do you think? Do you think there was a change in tone or vibe that says this is this is a different week than normal? There has been, and I, but I don't know if that's because of the rivalry week or it's because of, um, the urgency to just get better and can, and to prove that they're better than what we did last week. So uh, probably a combination of both, but uh, it's a, it comes at a great time. Okay, well, Kalani, good luck tonight, and we will talk to you post game. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake and the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Our look ahead to BYU and Utah continues after this as we visit with special guest BYU Director of Athletics Tom Holmo on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned in to BYU football. In the end zone it is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Kickoff. Touchdown! He does it again! 
is just around the corner. You're tuned to the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show. Republic Wireless. Life is better when we're connected. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by your local Utah Honda dealers and by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast Booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the BYU campus in Provo. As nightfall settles on Utah County, it's 1-1 one one BYU hosting 1-0 Utah. The Cougars coming off last Saturday's loss to LSU. The Utes have been off for nine days since beating FCS foe North Dakota. I'm Greg Rubel, joined in our broadcast booth by my game analyst and broadcast partner, Mark Lyons, engineer Barry Squire, spotter Doug Martin, statsman Ralph Sokolowski down on the field, former Cougar, receiver, return man, and academic All-American, Nate Mickle. Nate reports from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Nate will join us a bit later on. We have Jason Shepard in the studio, and our board operator is Carter Malloy. Our broadcast interns are Tommy Johnson and Emma Latin. You are tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, nationally on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, locally on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM in Salt Lake City. We are also on our BYU Sports Network affiliates in Utah and Idaho and around the globe online, byuradio.org, byucougars.com, ksl.com, and on the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Radio app, the KSL Radio app, and the TuneIn Radio app. So many ways to hear tonight's game. We hope you enjoy your evening with us. And BYU AD Tom Holmo Needs to be down at field level shortly. We'll get him down there, but we're grateful that he's uh, cleared a few minutes in his schedule for his annual booth visit with us here tonight. To Tom, good evening to you, and what a great night to be here in the stadium. Man, it is a beautiful night up here in the third floor looking out at the sun <laughs> beaming off the, the uh, Y Mountain and the stadium filling up. It's a great night for football. You remember the days when you were playing, right? Yeah, but those were these... days. We didn't play at night. <laughs> okay. One o'clock games. I remember them well. Since we are playing at night, uh, can we tell our fans to keep an eye on the Y Mountain tonight for any reason? Yeah, because uh, they we have this light system right there. You could turn on the lights from your home computer, not home, our computer. <laughs> and uh, so, so sometime tonight when we do the traditional lighting of the Y, bam, it's going to light up. On the mountain? On the mountain, the, the real Y. Not the kind of fake one we do down at the ceremony before. And this could be something we look for maybe in future night games. If yeah. it's dark, we'll be able to see our live with our wild up. Great thing. I think it's a great tradition at BYU. Used to be really with homecoming and graduation because it was so hard to get the lights up there. Now they're built in. It'll be a fun thing. All right. Uh, where's your mindset coming into tonight? BYU oh, man. Utah? You know, we haven't played great. I, we've seen some good football from certain position groups and some individual players, but we really haven't put together a great game, and we really need to. Utah's very good. They're traditionally tough on the front seven, and that's where we've kind of had trouble in the first couple games. So it's going to be a good test and a big challenge for us tonight to be able to see if some of our better offensive players can really get it going. And then on the other side of the ball, you see – uh, a new system on offense, and we haven't seen that much from Utah. They'll throw the ball around. It's just uh, kind of a little coincidence, but my quarterback coach at Cal, Troy Taylor. Oh. So I know him. <laughs> uh, I really can't get in his mind tonight. <laughs> he's, he's a dear friend of mine. I love him, but he's a good coach, and he'll have those Utah to go on offense. Tom, uh, you've been in the game a long time. You've played in a lot of different levels, and you've coached. Tell me, uh, have you seen a turnaround happen in a week? You know, where you you felt like you were behind where you thought you needed to be at the start of the year, but then you said, uh-oh, we got to turn this around, and it's got to happen now. Yeah, sure, I, I really have. I mean, I think when you look at the first two weeks, uh, the first week against Portland State, we won the game. We weren't sharp, but there really weren't any big errors. I think against, uh, against LSU, 
we still played decently. When you go back and you look at the film, our defense actually played pretty well. They just couldn't hold up down after down after down yeah, when they couldn't possess the ball on offense. So there were some real good things that happened there. I think the turnaround really has to come on offense mm-hmm. where we can come out and, and, and establish a little bit of a run game, be able to throw the ball around a little bit, and most importantly, get first downs. Because this is a game that's going to be hard fought to the end. Our offense and defensive players have to be rested. It can't be way out of balance like it was last week. And I think you hit on it. I don't know that we've seen a BYU offense really find its rhythm or groove yet in the first two weeks. And we have players. Look, I, I went through spring ball and I looked at all the camp stuff. And going against our own defense, we look good. Our own defense is good. But it's sometimes just a matter of that chemistry in the games. It's a matter of individual players rising up. We have the talent. We just got to go get it now. Okay, I look out there, and uh, I think they distributed some 30,000 white pom-poms, and the Rock's got most of them. The Rock <laughs> is packed. They were here all night into the morning, yeah. and uh, I'm telling you, man, that, that is a great sight. That is a royal blue and white sea of students out there right now. It was amazing. This is the most Rock passes that we've ever sold. We had to cap it off because this is only room for so many. And so uh, I think outside on the north side, we've got a big screen, big screen, big screen <laughs> for those that aren't going to be able to make it. But um, you got to get here early. It's a good thing when you got supply and demand. Yeah, we were driving home from that soccer game last night, and they were, you know, it was late, and they were all out there in the parking lot just, you know, getting ready for the game tonight. You know, it's amazing that, uh, you know, some of the old BYU fans, you know, are not quite sure what to expect. But every one of those rock kids, those BYU kids, and they're young and alive and fresh, and they think that things are going to go great tonight. I went through the line last night and this morning, and I'll tell you, they're ready to go, and I love that. First thing Kalani said to me in our pregame interview was how fired up he was and his guys by coming through the Cougar Walk. They get energized by that group. Yeah, they sure do. I mean, it's amazing. My heart started beating like crazy. I can't even do it anymore. I, last year, I used to do it a little bit, not walk with the team, but just kind of go up there. And I get too kind of geeked out, so I stay out of the line. Because I'm, I'm still an old player at heart. Like right now, you put if you put, a, I'm going to run the flag out tonight. Oh yeah. So awesome. so you know, I just got to make sure I just don't keep running over into something red <laughs> because I'm really yoked up for tonight, and uh, I hope the rest of the team is too. So look for Tom on the field tonight. By the way, kudos <laughs> to the crew that cleaned the Cougar this morning. Oh yeah, it's a beautiful thing, boy. I mean, the, the Utah and BYU fans have been great. The rivalry is really, really good. Look at this. If you could be in the stadium tonight, you'd feel how great of a rivalry this is. And I really expect the game to be hard fought. It's going to be great on the field. We've got a few Yahoo fans that just don't know what they're doing. On both sides, those people got to clean up their act, and, and everything will go forward uh, with uh, dignity and respect like it should. You know, in, pre- in recent years, you've come up and we've talked, and we always uh, tend to hit on, on uh, kind of a national perspective landscape deal. And, and that's, we're, we're kind of settled into something right now where there's not a lot of real news happening that way. Are you in a comfortable spot right now with, with, with BYU uh, relative to its national position? You know, I think things are in a little bit of a pause, like you mentioned, Greg. But for me, I've always been taught you've got to take care of what's on your plate right now. What's on our plate right now is the 2017 season. And what's on our plate right now is the Utah Utes, and they're darn good. So I really can't get out too far ahead of myself. I'm the one that has to do that. The players and the fans, coaches, uh, and me with the direction that I'm given, you got to kind of get them into the focus of let's just take care of business and the rest will take care of itself. Tom, i got to compliment you, though, on the – schedules that you've been putting together it's just been terrific the teams that you're going to be able to bring in that you know we get wisconsin here this year it's just uh, i just think it's a, a terrific effort thank you you know my sophomore year we played at madison 
That was my first start. Yeah. And uh, as I look at that game, I remember that's probably one of the top three games that I remember standing out in my mind because it was a great Camp Randall Stadium. Yeah. And man, my, I was just so excited playing that game. And so when we had the opportunity to, to get Wisconsin to come out here, Let's go. And you know, so we, we, this is the return game from when we played a couple years ago. That band played for an hour <laughs> after the game, and you guys beat them. You know, yeah. it was just crazy. Well, that's, that's the color and pageantry of college football, yeah. and you can see that tonight. Well, BYU's got an AD who, in his own words, gets geeked up and geeked out for games like tonight. And so he's ready to roll. He's going to run the flag out. And, uh, Tom, we just appreciate the chance to visit with you on an annual basis. Take a few minutes, Mark. we got to say congratulations on the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. The Utah, the Utah Sports Hall of Fame will be inducting a Tom Holmo in his 2017 class here in mid-October in Salt Lake City. So congratulations to you, Tom, as uh, uh, being elected to voted into the Utah Sports Hall Thank of Fame. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's going to quite an honor and I'm, uh, I'm humbled by it and I think uh, one of the ironies is I go in with Spence Eccles who's a friend of mine and a great Utah uh, booster who's meant so much for the state of Utah and in, in helping athletics uh, rise, rise up and so I'm looking forward to that night well, guys. We, we hope you get the bragging rights over Spence this year so uh, Tom thanks again. <laughs> thanks guys. Alright that's the BYU AD Tom Holmo joining us here on the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show. More of the show is coming up after the break. Stay in touch with nationwide smartphone coverage starting at $20 a month. Republic Wireless. Better coverage in more places for less money. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Football. BYU Football. 25-20. Path into the end zone. 10-5 and touchdown. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo ahead of BYU and Utah. The Cougars looking to defeat their in-state rivals for the first time since 2009. And they're going to need to do it with an offensive group that has a very little experience in the rivalry game. Almost all of BYU's key offensive players from last year's meeting in Salt Lake City have moved on. And Mark, with the offense is struggling to only two touchdowns in the first two games, the challenge is now amplified against a team that traditionally plays BYU as tough as anyone on defense. The Utes have held BYU to 21 or fewer in five of their current six straight wins over the Cougs. You're right, Greg. Even in the years when BYU was really rolling on offense, it was always tough against Utah. And Sataki has said, where's the offense that I saw in fall practice? So he hopefully is going to see more of that offense tonight and uh, get that offense in sync. Uh, Certainly they were out of sync against LSU. So they're probably going to need more than that 18-point average of uh, that's how many points BYU has scored in that six-game loss series. So uh, what they have to do, run the ball effectively on first down. You got me a believer, Greg. Run it on first down and be able to make first downs on third down. If you'll get a better uh, yardage on first down, you're going to have a better opportunity to get first downs. You've got to get some receivers open, get them the football, and make sure the catches. It takes a lot of concentration to be able to do that. You've got to be in tune. And then you've got to make first downs in order to keep those drives alive. And BYU just had the defense on the field way too long last week. The offense has to help out in that area. BYU has just six third down conversions through two weeks. None on the ground. All six through the air. And of the six, three are from one guy, Mike Simon. They targeted him three times all year. He's made three catches 
all on third down for first down. So maybe Mike Simon gets a few more reps because he seems to have earned them in the first two weeks. Now, Mark, through two weeks, the question on offense, I think, beyond the ones you just posed, too, is is who are the playmakers? Yeah. Freshman tight end Matt Bushman's the top target. By the way, a freshman, by the way, is the top target on this team. Let's consider that. <laughs> Talon Shumway is the favored wideout right now. But between those two guys, their reception to target rate is under 50%. So they're going to those guys a lot, but not with the results they need. But, and, and, and Tanner Manga, meantime, I just haven't seen him settle into a rhythm yet. Now, you see different things than I do as the former quarterback. But, but we both see that the QB and this offense are not really syncing up right now. Well, that's the truth, and you know Tanner's timing is off. You know, uh, in practice he sets up uh, steps and throws. You know, he step, uh, he gets the football, step, throw. Everything's in rhythm, and it, and in the game, all of a sudden he's got a guy in his face, and all of a sudden there's a guy tipping the ball at the line of scrimmage, and he's getting sacked, and so that all of a sudden affects the way he's going to play the game, and uh, so Utah brought a lot of pressure last week against North Dakota. He has to stay poised, stay in control, look for the opportunity, and make the play. Now, Chad Lewis was talking today on, uh, oh, man, that show on uh, Channel 21 where they go back and talk to old stars, and and, uh, Chad was on there. And when he was trying out for the Eagles, he went up to John Gruden and said, look, I got a wife, I got some kids, I want to know, am I going to make this team? Should I be looking for a place to stay? And uh, John Gruden said, son, You've been around the world. Didn't you go on a mission in China? Aren't you 26 years old and a rookie? Well, listen, quit worrying about what's going on and just go play the game. You've got the experience. Take care of it. Tanner's got that same situation. He's been around the world. He knows what's going on in life. He's practiced all summer. He's been through fall ball. He had a 3,000-yard freshman season. He had a 3,000-yard freshman season. You tell him, look, son, you know how to play this game. Just go out there and start start letting it roll. Get that, get with it. That's what I think is going to happen to Tanner. All right, time for a break. As we head to this brief break, it's time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's tonight's football rules scenario. First and goal at the opponent's five-yard line. The ball carrier runs to the one-yard line and dives forward the goal line. The officials rule the runner out of bounds at the one. Replays show that the ball crossed the plane of the goal line outside the pylon, and then the runner landed in the end zone. What is the ruling upon video review? The answer is coming up next as the Republic Wireless Cougar kickoff show continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so back here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, Provo, Utah, BYU and Utah straight ahead. Kickoff scheduled uh, 821 or 826 will likely be uh, the time we're going for tonight. Time to get the answer in today. tonight's NCAA football rules question in You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. And here was tonight's football rules scenario. First and goal at the opponent's five-yard line. The ball carrier runs to the one-yard line and then dives for the goal line. The officials rule the runner out of bounds at the one, but replays show that the ball crossed the plane of the goal line outside the pylon, and then the runner landed in the end zone. What is the ruling upon video review? And the ruling is reverse to touchdown. If any part of the player lands in the end zone before he touches out of bounds, he gets the goal line extended relative to the football. So the ball can go outside the pylon, 
That's the privilege you get when you land in the end zone. And you have to land in the end zone to do that. Or touch in the end zone before you touch out of bounds. Okay. And you be the judge is presented by Legally Mind. Well, BYU, uh, two games into the season without a single rushing third down conversion, as I noted. Uh, Part of the problem is the down and distance relation. The Cougars average third down distance to gain almost nine yards in week one and again over eight yards in week two. BYU's had only one third down of third and two or shorter and only gained a single yard on that on a rush attempt by Trey Dye, not one of the bigger guys. So clearly, BYU's not putting itself in third and short enough, in part because first and second down runs aren't gaining enough yards. But when it's third and manageable, BYU's still favoring the pass over the run. Of five third downs BYU's had, of third and four or shorter, they've run only one time. That's a 20% run rate. Last season, on third and four or shorter, BYU ran 50 times, passed 38 times. That's a 57% run rate. Now, Mark, we knew that BYU would be more pass-reliant without Taysom Hill, without Jamal Williams on the roster. But the Cougs need to find a reliable runner. Kalani Satake hinted that the committee approach may not be getting it done. He said that to us post-game last week. And he did say tonight that Ula Tolutau may be the guy that gets a few more reps. Riley Burt's now a corner. Leaving, really, Ula's the last guy to really get a look, a really good look at. Maybe Austin Kofensis, too, but Austin's kind of one of those multi-tool slot back, all kinds of things. So maybe Ula's the last real running option to get a really good look that we haven't seen yet. And I'm kind of curious to see what he does out of the backfield if it's his night tonight. Well, I've been watching him in warm-ups, and he does seem to be able to move much better tonight. He's running well. You know, he's 6'1", 255 pounds. Well, I think he was 255 when they put him out. I think he's lost some weight, uh, but he's a big kid. And that's the thing. You know, first of all, you have to appreciate Jamal and Taysom because they were terrific at being able to uh, blast in and pick up those extra yards in order to make first downs. The backs have to help themselves. That's the point I want to make is they have to help themselves. They've got to be able to break some tackles. They have to find that gap and hit it. they got to hit it hard. Kavika Fanua has shown the ability to run through some tackles. Uh, there just wasn't much room for him to run last week because uh, those linebackers were closing. The safeties were up. They've got to get those Utah plays with some eight men in the box. They've got to get those guys to back off. But uh, I think that Ula Tulatau is going to have an opportunity tonight and uh, get a chance to be able to make some runs. How close was I? You were really good because there was a glottal stop between the last A and the U, so it's Tolu Tau. Well, Tolu Tau. It's Tolu Tau. Tolu Tau. You did very well. Ula Tolu Tau. Okay, thanks. So you get that glottal stop in there, and you are you are money. The glottal stop? The glottal stop. <laughs> oh. you got to have it. you got to have it. Now, That's BYU, like when you play the, the bagpipes on your throat. Gong, gong, there you go. Mm-hmm. Glottal stop. G-L-O-T-T-A-L. Stop. <laughs> Ula Tolutau. All right, BYU's taking decent care of the ball, we have to say. Uh, one of their problems hasn't been turnover issues through games one and two. Just one giveaway through two games. But here's the other part of it. The turnover margin also means take it away, and the takeaways are lacking. Last season, BYU was second nationally with 31 takeaways, 31 turnovers gained. Elisa Tuiaki, his goal is three turnovers a game. He wants three takeaways per game. BYU has a half of a takeaway per game through two games. So that number has to go up to make Coach E happy. Now, the sample size is small, but it feels like the kind of season 
in which the defense is going to need to make some more plays until the offense can find its feet. And as I say that, we recall, unfortunately, that BYU got six takeaways against Utah last year in this game and didn't win. If you get six takeaways, you've got to win. Gotta and get BYU points didn't out win that game last year. The bottom line, defense may want or need to be more disruptive. But again, it comes back down to the offense. Like last year, the defense handed them six times in a good spot, and it didn't cash in enough. So you really just got to score with the chance to score, and that's where BYU has to be better. That's right. You know, uh, there have been many years that the BYU defense has really covered for the offense early in the season. You know, they rely on the defense to go out and uh, help them reduce the, the scores, reduce points, and then the offense caught on as the season went on. So uh, when you work a field position game, that's going to work for you. Uh, the last couple of years, though, the defense has also scored points on those turnovers. They, they intercept passes and run them back for touchdowns. Against LSU, the defense had four goal line stands. They forced a missed field goal, gave up two field goals, and stopped them inside the three-yard line on downs. All of those were potential big scores for LSU. The, the offense now has to get better field position and do something with that field position. So they've got to get some points out of those things. All right, let's pause 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. We continue our pregame look at BYU and Utah. The kickoff, by the way, is now officially set for 8.26 p.m. Mountain Time. So official kick, 8.26. ESPN2 was to go on the air at 8.15. The initial slide was to 8.21. Five more minutes to 8.26. The game ahead of BYU is South Carolina-Missouri. And that game is winding down quickly enough. In fact, BYU likely could have gone with an 8.21 kick had this game ahead of it uh, ended when it appears it is going to, but 8.26 is currently our official kick time. Mark, I mentioned that Bushman is the leading target uh, for Tanner Mangum through two games. Again, kid just off his mission, and he's the guy that BYU likes right now uh, downfield. Isn't that something that he comes to play? That's the deal. He's a freshman that comes to play. He showed up and said, uh, I think this tight end thing looks like it's open, and I'm going to go fill it. And so uh, I really like his attitude that he came out. He runs well. He catches the ball. He's a good player. He's got, so far, seven catches, 99 yards, averaging 14 yards a grab with a long of 36, and again, leads the team in targets. Number two in targets is Talon Shumway. And it's been a while since we've been able to see Talon get fully healthy and ready to roll. And so far, six catches, 65 yards, an average of 13, and a long of 33. Neil Pau has just the one catch for the touchdown. It came in week one. We haven't seen him catch the ball since. I will say about Bushman, he's an important part of what's going on today because you attack the safeties a lot of times with a tight end. And uh, for Utah to not be able to bring those safeties up as tacklers, that tight end is going to be important in the pass game. That helped keep those safeties out of coming up for the run. And how much does BYU now miss Moroni Laulu Pututau? Who was supposed to be the bookend, a tight end, uh, kind of on the you know the the uh, in, in the mold of Pitta and George, kind of having two receiving options on the field at the same time. Well, I think it's big. Uh, he's such an athletic player. He's a good receiver and uh, has done a good job in learning how to block. Let's go down to field level for our national anthem.
BYU marching band, 60,000 fans, and an American flag that Man. is 100 yards by 53 and a third. Where do you store that thing? <laughs> that is something else. What a scene here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Coming up, we'll hear from Nate Mickle at field level as our pregame coverage of BYU and Utah continues. This is the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Francis Kitts, 10-5, touchdown! This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU AD Tom Holomo is our guest in the previous half hour, and Tom told us he'll be running out the flag tonight, and among the flag bearers, Tom Holmo, Robbie Bosco, Robert Parker, and Kelly Smith. And Robbie will be having his number six jersey retired here next week against uh, Wisconsin. So we'll have uh, Holmo, Bosco, Parker, and Smith as flag bearers out there tonight for BYU. And the Cougars uh, take the field. Hey, Cougar fans, pay attention to this announcement right now. Cougar fans, post your favorite fan picks from tonight's game with the hashtag LesOlsonIT. That's L-E-S-O-L-S-O-N. IT, Les Olson IT. So again, take a fan pick tonight here at the stadium, then post it, Twitter, hashtag Les Olson IT for a chance to win $100 in Amazon gift card value. That's a $100 Amazon gift card. We'll do this after every home game, courtesy of Les Olson. So again, if you're here at the game tonight, and you can hear me right now, take your fan pick, post it to Twitter with the hashtag Les Olson IT. That's L E S O L S O N I T, as in Thomas. Les Olson IT, chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Tom said they would light the Y, and they've lit the Y on they the mountain. They did, yeah, and with a flip of a switch. So the uh, Y is now able to be lit that way, and Tom said that uh, when there's a night game now in Provo, you will see the Y on the mountain lit up, and that's a cool sight. Pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty neat. So that's uh, that's happening now. will keep happening, evidently. BYU and Utah coming up on one of the last four games of the day today, also kicking off at this hour, Minnesota and Oregon State, Houston and Arizona. Boise State and Washington State, along with San Diego State versus Arizona State. Then we've got BYU and Utah. This game going on ESPN2. And by the way, the time is slowing in the game preceding (laughs) us now. South Carolina, Missouri still have two and a half minutes to go. After that game, they'll take a BYU and Utah on ESPN2. Now, the winning quarterback in last year's rivalry game is... uh, is back for the Utes, but he's not starting tonight. So Kyle Whittingham has gone with sophomore Tyler Huntley over returning senior starter Troy Williams. And Mark Huntley is the prototypical dual-threat signal caller. Yeah. He passed for 230, ran for 70 last week against North Dakota, threw for one score, ran for two more. You throw in running back Zach Moss, wideout Darren Carrington, and Utah's not lacking for the playmakers BYU's seeking right now. The Utes look like they'll be a handful on offense, operating under a new, a new scheme under... Troy Taylor, who Tom Homo told us was his QB coach at Cal. Yeah, isn't that something? And uh, I really think that uh, that spread offense is going to be difficult for BYU. They haven't seen it yet this year, and it's uh, one of those things that takes a little while, a little practice, not as much as, say, the wishbone offense, but it's something you have to work on. BYU knows about Zach Moss. He had a nice game against BYU last year. And uh, he's a tough runner. Good kid. Not as good as what they saw last week. But, but, he, but he, averaged, he averaged six yards a carry and uh, ran for a buck 28 against North Dakota. Yeah. Uh, with Carrington and Huntley being uh, somewhat new to the program because Huntley uh, didn't play a whole lot last year, 
they bring new problems. Uh, so with that spread option, uh, you've really got to make sure that you keep Moss in the middle of the field and then you don't let Huntley get to the edge, the quarterback I'm talking about. So you really have a lot of work with those outside linebackers who have to be concerned, and then sometimes you have to bring up the safety, which then lets that pass you know, uh, the pass-run option becomes a problem. So a lot of stuff. If Utah fans had maybe a concern right now, maybe it's the offensive line where the players are making just that you've got three players making just their second starts, second career starts on the O-line. The center, left, uh, right guard, and right tackle are all making just their second start of their uh, Utah careers tonight. The key question becomes, can BYU's front seven be disruptive enough against that young line? Well, that's where they want to take advantage. Uh, BYU's got a real strong, good front, the defensive line, and you win the battle at the line of scrimmage. You know, that's the same thing with wishbone. If you blow up that wishbone before the quarterback gets past that fullback ride, it's done. And so the same thing is true. If you're able to handle that running back with all of that inside stuff, with uh, your inside people and and not allow him to get that little gap that he wants, then the quarterback isn't going to have as much uh, opportunity to run the football. So uh, Butch Pau, you know, he gets a shot on that quarterback. You know, I think the kid's going to feel it. We've seen Butch hit people. How how, how did he look to you last week in his first game of the season? Well, I watched the game over, and uh, he made a couple of mistakes. You know, uh, one of their touchdowns, for some reason... uh, the line was slanting one way. The double team went the other way. And Butch followed the double team. Usually when the center blocks down, linebacker comes. And it opened up a gap for that guy to score. So uh, I do think that Butch is uh, kind of playing a little bit free freewheeling right now. But I think he's probably intact this week. We haven't talked much about it. But uh, BYU is, again, shorthanded for the first half tonight. Uh, Micah Hanneman, who for the second time in three games... Uh, missed the first half of the game due to a targeting ejection. Uh, yeah. He had a target in the second half of the Poinsettia Bowl, so he missed the first half of the Portland State game. BYU started with uh, Tanner Jacobson in his place. They'll miss him again tonight. This is the Utah game now, and, and he was kicked out of uh, last year's uh, game. Yes. Uh, uh, Utah game, I think, as well. I know, well, I know uh, corner uh, Kainakua was. was. Kainakua was ejected. Didn't they have a second ejection, too, in well, that game? Yeah, but it was the, the cornerback... Uh, um who had a tackle right on the sideline, uh, but he hurt his knee. The guy with a hurt knee now. Oh, McKen- McChesney? McChesney. He oh, was the guy that had that. was the, the second. Day. Okay, in yeah. the Utah. It was second, that was the second one. Very well. But, uh, yeah, Kainakua was one. That was the other. But uh, Micah Hanneman dealing with a second targeting ejection, so he'll miss the first half of this game. Big game to miss. We presume that Tanner Jacobs would get the reps in his place. Probably so. And uh, Kalani made the comment that uh, – we don't tackle that way. You know, he watched the replay and uh, saw that it was, you know, by the definition. Those backs were hard to take down. You just had to get everything you could to hit them and hold something. And uh, it ended up that he had helmet-to-helmet contact. But uh, in doing so, I think he was just being aggressive to try and make a stop on those good backs. But uh, then when Kalani said, you know, we just don't tackle that way, uh, he's got to get back. See what you're going to hit. You taught me that. Yep, see what you hit. Last year in the Utah game, Butch Pau did a lot of hitting and kind of put Joe uh, Williams into retirement. Yeah, I know. For a few weeks. That's what I say. When that quarterback turns the corner one time and and Butch is there, that slows you down about keeping the football because 
You know, my favorite story is the UCLA game when the Starks came up to him after the game, their good running back, and said, man, you hit hard. And then uh, Butch said back to him, man, you run hard. <laughs> and so both of them appreciated their abilities. I made the comment with Shep in our pregame conversation that, that I just want BYU to like, avoid disaster in the first quarter. Do you know what I mean by that? Absolutely. You know, the one you left out is the Heaps fumble in the end zone yeah. a few years ago, yep. which started well, the whole debacle. And again, the, the starts to this game, more often than not, over the last five, six, seven years, have just been brutal for BYU. Just don't make the killer mistake in the first couple series of the game. You really look at last year, and, and the pick six might be the reason they lose on the first play of the game. Yeah, and it was an execution. It was a set-up first down play, first opening play. They'd worked on it all week and then didn't execute the same in the game time. Yeah, that was a killer. Let's bring in uh, Nate Mickle now from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten, who keeps us in business. And by the way, that uh, earlier game on ESPN2 is wrapped up. BYU could have gone with uh, an 821 kick, but ESPN2 told them a slide to 826, so we're still waiting quite a while for kickoff. Let's bring in Nate now. Uh, Nate, if you look at this one by the numbers, uh, Utah appears to justify its status as the favorite tonight. Uh, Utah's favorite, I think, by 3.5 to 4 points. Uh, BYU will now be the home underdog. We now get the chance to assess the resolve of this team. They're not favored to win at home. They got worked last week. They're on a long losing streak against the Utes. Their rivals, a win tonight would be a remarkable show of character and get this ship righted in a hurry, wouldn't it? Yeah, what's interesting about this game tonight is the last few years, the BYU fans have felt good coming into the Utah game with players like Taysom Hill, Jamal Yoke, Williams. Yet BYU has still been coming up short. Tonight, the BYU fans probably not feeling quite as good, and all the more reason that BYU can get this win tonight. It'll just be a huge shot in the arm for the team and the program. Nate, take us a little more into your X's and O's assessment. Uh, what are you looking at as, uh, as maybe a matchup or key matchups you think BYU has to really either win or have a bit of an advantage to put themselves on the right side of the ledger at the end of the night? Yeah, I think the one place BYU actually may have the advantage is at the defensive line. The BYU defensive line against the Utah offensive line. we got some inexperience up front for Utah and at the quarterback position. This is essentially the quarterback's first game against a real Division One team, and BYU is loaded with talent on that defensive line. A lot of NFL guys there at the defensive line and linebacker so that's where i'm looking for byu to gain an edge tonight nate what do you remember about your experiences in playing in the utah game the intensity and you can feel it tonight i mean byu's been having great crowds 55 60 000, but tonight you look up not an empty seat the energy the excitement and man when it kicks you got all the extra t- trash talk the stuff going on after every play just an incredible experience when you just have to live through to be able to really appreciate it and just can't wait to see the guys get after it tonight. Thank you, Nate. That's Nate down the field level. Kickoff is forthcoming. After this, we'll get Mark's Ken Garf keys to the game, the coin toss, and the kick with some starting lineups. This has been the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show. BYU football continues in a moment, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.